Good morning, Cross Lake, Minnesota. Uh, it's great to be back with you guys again. I was there, I want to say a year, maybe two years ago, I believe. And uh, for those of you who have no idea who I am, uh, my name is Micah. And uh, I am a Minnesota native, just along with you. And thank you so much for joining us this Sunday and uh, being together. I want to say a major congratulations to all the students who are graduating this year. And uh, I know it must be weird or interesting times for you, but I'm so proud of you, so excited for you. Uh, there may be a lot of students who have met me before or know me because uh, I've done some religious release days up there, and it's always a fun time. So uh, I am married to a, a beautiful wife named Stephanie Joy, and we reside in Egan, Minnesota with our two kids, uh, Everly and Malachi. And uh, we travel the country, we travel America, preaching the gospel and getting to share Jesus and the hope that we have in Jesus. I really believe today uh, is going to be a challenging message for the times that we find ourselves in. And I know there's a lot of people uh, in a variety uh, of mindsets right now and uh, what's going on in our home state in Minnesota, what's been going on in our nation and even really around the world as we face this pandemic. I really believe with all my heart, Jesus gives a solution. The Bible gives a solution to things that we are facing and things that we go through. And students, I really hope you're encouraged as well as you're focusing on setting out potentially a new course, journeying into your future. In fact, I just heard from a sermon last Sunday, uh, the preacher said that our senior class uh, grew up and was born during 9-11 and they're graduating their graduating year in a pandemic. And just kind of a crazy time of, of when kids are born and when they're sent out. But I really believe today's message will help equip you in your going and your sending to the husbands and wives watching from Cross Lake and around Minnesota. I really believe this message is going to encourage you today. I know uh, there's so much going on right now in our uh, beautiful Twin Cities area. There's a lot of things taking place. And when you look at the world today, uh, it can oftentimes lead us to feel a mixture of emotions, whether it's anger, uh, frustration, um, sad, uh, depressed, anxious, feeling alone, feeling hopeless, feeling all these different kinds of things. And beyond what's just taking place here in Minneapolis and St. Paul area, uh, really what's been going on in the world at large. I mean, you look hard enough and you'll find injustices where kids right now in Africa, where one out of five children are dying every day due to water-related diseases because they don't have access to clean water. Or you see kids being trafficked, uh, even during the pandemic, uh, sex trafficking. It's not just going on in our world. It's going on off the interstate and highways uh, right in our backyards, right here in Minnesota, and you see the injustices of that and people being exploited. You see the crime and the hurt. You see the racial profiling. You see uh, injustices everywhere and anywhere. And the effects of injustices, the effects of things that we see in the world, I just want to remind people, it was never God's plan. It was never God's idea from the get-go to see what we are seeing in our world today. Please do not forget, when God created the world and created man, he saw it and it was good. It wasn't just good, but it was very good. 
It was pure. It was without blemish. There was no evil. There was no sin. There was no murder. There was no destruction. There was no hungry kids. There was no sex trafficking. There was none of the injustices that we see in the world today. That was God's plan. That was God's desire. And when man chose sin back in the garden and man chose to rebel against God, it's then that we saw sin enter the world and we saw injustice and death and disease and all these different things come into the world. But please know it was never ever God's design to see that be the reality in our life, in our world. Man knew the truth of God, but man despised God and sold the truth for a lie, and in turn, man chose something else other than God. It's why we have the fruits of destruction today. It's why we have the pain existing in our world today. God, however, did not want sin to get the final word in the world. God did not want pain and sin to be the final outcome. God had a plan that he gave in Genesis chapter 3 where he would uh, have someone come who would crush the devil's head, who would crush the serpent's head. It was a prophetic word. And in the gospel of John, we see it played out where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever might believe in Jesus would not die, but have everlasting life. And when you look at the life of Jesus and what he came to do, the Jewish people wanted to revolt. They wanted to overthrow the Roman government. They wanted the Messiah leader to be a military leader. They wanted violence. They wanted riots. They wanted to destroy. They wanted Jesus to be the war leader that would come and overthrow Rome so Israel could be its own place again that God wanted for the Jews. This was their mindset. And Jesus changed everything when he described the kind of kingdom that he was going to initiate in the earth. It wasn't going to be a kingdom of violence. It wasn't going to be a kingdom of destruction. It was not going to be a kingdom of eye for an eye. It wasn't going to be a kingdom built on murder. It was going to be a kingdom that would turn the other cheek when slapped. It would be a kingdom where he blesses the meek, where he blesses the poor in spirit, when he blesses those who serve. It wasn't going to be those who could be the greatest, but it was going to be those who could learn what it means to serve, those who could learn what it means to humble themselves. That is what greatness looked like in the eyes of Jesus. And to this very moment in our present day, we still wrestle with things that have happened thousands of years ago when Jesus came to this earth. But the kingdom he wanted was a kingdom that was heaven on earth. That was his plan. That was his outcome. And sin was never going to get the final world word because someone named Jesus, a pure and perfect without sin, born of a virgin, would die on the cross for all humanity, that all who might believe in Jesus, that the sins of the world would be put upon him and that people could experience forgiveness. People could experience freedom. People could experience true hope. And the justice that people are searching for was fulfilled when Jesus died on the cross. It was God's solution to the injustice of the world. And 50 days after Jesus died on the cross, something happened on a day called Pentecost. In fact, as you are watching this message this very Sunday, it happens to be Pentecost 
Sunday and the plan for the world to bring God's kingdom of heaven here on this earth was going to be something that happened on Pentecost where Jesus looked at his disciples and said, stay and wait for the Holy Spirit to be poured out on you. As they stayed in the upper room and began to pray and seek God, the Holy Spirit showed up and baptized about 120 people, filled them with the Holy Spirit. They were empowered and began to speak out in different tongues and different languages, so much so that people surrounding in the nearby could hear their language in their native tongue. 3,000 people came to know Christ that day and that day something called the church was born. I'm not talking about the building or the establishment of church. I'm talking about a people group, those who call themselves Christians who would believe in Jesus and be followers of Jesus. These kinds of people for the next several years would be persecuted under Nero, would be persecuted under Roman government, would be put on stakes and as displayed for spectacles around the world. They'd be hung upside down. Some of them would be burned on fire and they did not retaliate with violence, but they took the way of Jesus, which is giving up their life to him. Jesus had a plan to answer the injustices in the world. And if you're wondering what the plan is, it was never government. It was never presidents. It was never governors. It was something called the local church. And we see this played out through Jesus in Luke chapter 9 today, where Jesus is with his disciples. He sends them out to go do ministry. And when they come back, they report everything they had done. And Jesus hears them reporting and says, why don't you get in the boat and let's go to the other side of the lake. Uh, different gospels say how they were withdrawing to go get some rest. And so the disciples probably think they get some relaxed time, some R&R, some rest, time with Jesus. They get to report all the ministry that they got to do. It's probably pretty exciting and get to share the highlight reels. But where Jesus takes them, he intentionally leads them to a crowd. A crowd of about 15,000 people on the seashore. They get out of the boat, and in Luke chapter 9, verse 10, it talks about how the disciples had reported they withdrew to a town called Bethsaida, and when he got there, he welcomed the crowds. He preached to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed everybody who needed healing. The disciples thought they were getting some withdrawal time with Jesus, but what the disciples don't know is Jesus intentionally leads them to a crowd of people. You see the compassion of Jesus begin to come out where he sees that they're sheep without a shepherd. How there are these people who are lost and don't have a leader in their life to lead them. Jesus shows up and preaches about the kingdom of God and heals all those who need healing. And then the disciples, because it's getting hot, it's hot in Israel, it's been long all day, Jesus is there ministering, and the disciples come to Jesus and they bring up a problem. Hey, Jesus, there's a problem on hand. Um, we're here with 15,000 people and they don't have food to eat. Why don't you send them away and, so they can go get food? And, and, and then maybe we could do this again tomorrow and those kinds of things. And Jesus gives a response to them that he would look at you and I today and say the same exact thing. The disciples brought a problem to Jesus, an issue, an issue of hunger, an issue of ha not having anything to eat. And Jesus gives a response back. And this is what Jesus says. It says in Luke chapter 9, verse 13, he says this, you give them something to eat. In other words, you see a problem, you see an issue today, 
You see an injustice you don't like? There's something that bothers you? Here's what Jesus would say to you and I. You do something about it. You do something about it. The solution to this world was God with us. Not just God with us, but God through you and through me. No matter your age, no matter what grade you're in, no matter where you come from, no matter your family background, no matter your current circumstances right now, no matter how good, no matter how bad, no matter how poor, no matter how wealthy, God's plan A to bring hope to this world is you. It's you. You give them something to eat. And there are unlimited amounts of opportunities to be Jesus to a world that desperately needs him. In the world that we're in right now, it's easy to lose our focus. It's easy to take our eyes off of Jesus and take it on to the hurt and the pain that is expressed through so many people. And I want to challenge you to respond the way Jesus would have us respond. Rather than sitting back and staying silent, you have a hope within you, and it's the love of Jesus. How does love look? Love was never a noun. Love was always a verb. Love was always about action, not inaction. It's about doing something. Real love gives people something to eat. Real love gives someone a cold cup of water who doesn't have clean water in Africa. Real love does something to help trafficked victims. Real love helps clean up a city that's been destroyed by rioters. Real love goes and loves people who doesn't look anything like them. Real love loves neighbors who are opposite of them. Real love prays for those who are your enemies. Real love lays down their life so Christ might be glorified. Real love has to do something. It cannot stay where you are. And to the young people watching this video today, everything you need is right in front of you. Do you realize something? It was a young boy that gave over a lunch and did something that fed over 15,000 people that day. The disciples are told by Jesus, you give them something to eat. And if you're like me, you'd probably be like the disciples and think to yourself, um, okay, Peter, how much money do you got? Did you guys bring food? Did you have food? You think we don't have enough food for everybody. And Jesus just says, give me what you have. Give me what you have. And all they had was a boy's lunch. Y'all, God is still using the young people of America today to make a difference and an impact around the world. God is still taking young boys and young girls' lunch money. God is using young people through their gifts and their abilities. God is still using the young people in our nation to make a difference today. And all God is looking for is you and me and what we have. God does not ask for what you don't have. He just asks for what you do have. And when you give him what you do have, it's enough for a miracle to be displayed. But so many of us say this, the problem's too big. The issue's too great. It's too uncomfortable. There's too many people. Would you do it for just one person? Could you make a difference in maybe one person's life? 
What if you could do for one person what you wish you could do for many? What if you could love and do something for one person that you wish you could do for the whole injustices you see? It's not that we don't have anything. It's just that we haven't given God what we really have. And I have watched the young people of America ever since 1944 give over $300 million to missionaries around the world so that they might have equipment and be equipped to take the gospel, the greatest message ever preached, around the world. You can't tell me that God still doesn't use young people today. You can't tell me that God still doesn't use single moms today. That God doesn't use husbands today. Everything you need to be Jesus in this world is right in front of you. What do you have that you can give up so someone else might know Christ? What do you have that you can lay down? Maybe you're a business owner. What would it look like to give 10% of your business proceeds away to missions? What would it look like to give 10% of your business proceeds away to those who need the gospel? I'm convinced people watching this video right now, what you need to know and remember is you're not alone and the little you have is a lot in the hands of God. I want to encourage you this week, find an action step that you can do in Cross Lake, in Minnesota, or around the world. We are called to be people who give, who lay down. And I want to highlight one thing that Jesus expresses and that he does. Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish. He looks up to heaven. He gives thanks and he breaks them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. Here's the miracle. The miracle and who gets the glory is actually Jesus. But who is the one distributing the food to the people? It's the disciples. Don't, don't you remember? The disciples just got off a missionary journey. They must have felt great about all the things they saw. Jesus wanted to emphasize about what it means to follow him. If you want to follow me, it's going to mean you know what it means to serve people. You're going to know what it means to feed people. Faith without works is dead. It's a dead kind of faith. And the faith that God is wanting for you and I is a faith that is alive. Not just hearers of a message, but doers of a message. So graduates, as you are sent out, so students, as you are operating in a world, you do not need to operate in fear. But you can rise up in faith with the little that you have is enough in the hands of a big and mighty God. Let's stop giving our excuses. Let's start giving what we have and watch what God might do through Cross Lake, the surrounding areas, and the world. God, I thank you for every person watching today's message. God, I pray we would rise up for such a time as this, not to shrink back, but to rise up in faith, trusting you, giving what we have to bring heaven to earth. Not our will be done, but your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys.